Well, good morning, everybody. I'm excited for Christmas, aren't you? What are you looking at me like that for? Wait till my sermon, and then you'll understand why I said I'm excited for Christmas. But let me really ask pretty quick. How many of you have ever been excited for Christmas because you kind of knew what you were getting? Anybody ever have that excitement before? All right, Michael's going, yep, <laughs> me too. Well, we'll share that in just a minute. But first of all, I've lost a purple clipboard that has important information on Oh, All right, thank you. Oh, you know, Cynthia, hold on to that and pass it back. Would you just pass that back? That'd be great that way. That'd be awesome. Uh, family camp is coming really, really quick. And uh, a bunch of people signed up last week. I'm so thankful for that. But if you have not and you're just dying to do something, that would be great. By the way, I put a little bug in all the people who are coming in as visitors that they get to help this year too. So anyway, uh, we don't want them to feel neglected, right? And so we'll make sure that they get their chance to help out. But if you can help out, particularly if you'll notice the last page is when we're trooping out of there. Some of you know that we gotta, we have to clean up the facility. You know, you make a mess, you clean up your mess kind of thing. I think that's right. So anyway, if you would check that out, if you haven't already, that would be wonderful. All right, we do have some announcements this morning. Uh, Mr. Kirkpatrick is sick, and he's got the bug. And I know you don't want that bug, I'm sure. I don't want that bug. And so uh, the Kirkpatricks have been so kind as to allow the Compton family to host uh, tonight uh, evening assembly. So if you're planning on driving clear across the valley to the east, now I hope that you'll change your plans and drive clear across the valley to the west over by Fern... I almost said Fern Ditch. Fern Ridge Lake. That would be it. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. That'd be great. All right, so assembly tonight at the Compton Homestead. And uh, uh, Monday night's on. We're going to have a great time Monday night. We're going to continue to work on joy. Uh, I don't know, for those of you who were there last week, was the, was the lesson on joy good? Exciting? I don't remember. No, I do. It was great. I thought it was great anyway. And everybody seemed to be pretty happy about it. So if you're college age, please come on out and enjoy, uh, enjoy, enjoy the lesson on joy. How's that sound? All right. And then, of course, Wednesday evening assembly. Hopefully, if the bug's gone, it will be at the Kirkpatrick's. If not, we'll volunteer to, to host it again. That would be great. I don't know if Lady Studies going on. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Parks is not available this morning. So it is. Okay, Thursday night, ladies' study is on. Fantastic. And so I think everything else is ready to go. We have our potluck coming up on the 18th, which is next Sunday. And, uh, and then, of course, family camp. So I'm really excited about that. It's going to be a great year this year. So any other announcements? Julie's skipping out because she didn't want us to sing happy birthday to her. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, they have company, so thank you for being here. And leaving uh, Julie to be the hostess with the mostest. That's good. All right. And so uh, where was I? I got off track. Oh, we're going to sing happy birthday to Julie next week when she's here. Okay? Great. Awesome. Any other announcements I might have missed? Any other announcements? Going once, going twice? Well, let's pray, and then I'll tell you why I'm excited about Christmas. All right? Our Father, our holy God in heaven, we are of all people, people who should have this great joy, excitement for life, 
so driven by our love for people because your great love for us. And Lord, I am thankful that you have helped me uh, really come to my senses so many years ago when I was 24, having lived a life selfishly, having run from you, and now, Lord, I am so deeply thankful uh, for the rich blessing, as Eric was saying, the rich blessing of this wonderful life in your son, Jesus Christ. So I pray this morning as we would continue our, uh, or begin our series on hope, that Lord God in heaven, you would help me, uh, Father, to communicate all the amazing, wonderful facets of hope. There are so many. There's so much more than I ever thought. And Lord, I just pray that I can communicate that. So uh, having rejected the fear of man and embracing the reverential fear, the awe and the adoration for you, as we learned last year, help us now to put our hope completely in you, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if I could get my two amazing, handsome young men to come up here. They're going to they're gonna put the banner up so you can see it once again. This is a tradition. Hey, come up here so everybody can see on the, on the screen. Okay, so everybody's watching. There's millions. Look at the millions of people watching online. Not really. All right, there you go. Real tall, real high. That's awesome. People can see it. Oh, look at that. That's amazing. Yeah, scoot this way a little bit. I'm shorter than I normally am. Okay, the seventh law of momentum is hope. And you know what? The reality of hope is life that is exciting, life that's purposeful, life that has meaning, a life in Christ Jesus. So it's, this morning we're going to start with Psalm 62, 5 through 8. So please turn there. Thank you, gentlemen. You can leave it right there because I'm going to put it up right there. Awesome. That's, aren't they amazing? Let's give it up. You know, I used to watch The Price is Right, and it was like Carol Merrill and whoever else. Not wild. No, but we have, we have Jake and we have Logan. So thank you very much, gentlemen. All right. Okay, so here it is. Here's why I'm excited for Christmas. You know, I grew up in a church that talked about coming together as a church as a mass. And you know, when you think about it, it's a mass of people who love Jesus. And so you are a mass of people who love Jesus, Christmas, Christmas, right? Christ's Mass. Well, are you in Christ? Are you a Christian? Well, if you are, we're gathered together as his family. But I gotta share something with you. I'm really excited about a different kind of Christmas, a different kind of mass of Christians. Can you imagine when every person who has been faithful over the six plus thousand years of humanity, we're moving into the seventh millennium, how many millions upon millions of Christians there are going to be and are all marching into heaven to receive our reward? I don't know about you, but that's one big mass of Christians. That's the Christmas Christ mass of people that I'm looking forward to. Now, I have to ask you the question. Have you ever been beat up by the devil before? Come on, I want to know. Have you ever been beat up by the devil before? Some of you aren't going to admit to that. How many beat up by the devil more than once? All right. I, re I remember several times growing up in the church that I went to that I was physically abused 
uh, for not doing what I guess I was supposed to do. Some of you know that. I didn't know which way to fold my thumbs, and I got punched by one of the leaders there, and then, and then I couldn't remember the Ten Commandments. And the motivation was, if you don't memorize the Ten Commandments, you're not going to get a gold coin. Well, it was a little paper disc, so you could get stuff from the little store that they had there. But the problem was, is you were, you were eroded, you were eroded. You, you were motivated by not only the carrot, but the stick. You know how you do that? Motivation, the carrot and the stick. Well, the carrot was a little gold disc, and the, the stick was literally a stick. And as some of you have known that I had to put my hand out and get whacked by a stick when I couldn't do the Ten Commandments. Have you ever been under such pressure as a little kid? You better know the Ten Commandments. And they're dealing with a smiling race. You better know the Ten Commandments. And then you don't know them, and you're just trying to make them, and then whack! Oh, did that motivate me to, to memorize the Ten Commandments? No, it kind of motivated me not to want to be there ever again, but of course, I was going to be there. See, I, that's horrible. That's not life. That's not exciting. But how about when you do something right, someone says, that's so awesome, Angie. I just love how when we first met and we started studying and I said something about 2 Corinthians and chapter 4 and you went, oh, and you memorized it and we came to the study the next time. She goes, guess what? I got 2 Corinthians chapter 4 memorized. All right. She had no fear of me taking a stick out of my satchel and whacking her if she didn't get it word perfect. Now, honestly, if you know Angie, it was word perfect. I didn't have any gold coins to give her. But I don't know, but I'm excited about getting to heaven when, to hear Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. How oftentimes we've labored before for people and they neglect to encourage us or thank us for our service, but how oftentimes they've remembered if we miss something like, oh, that was really good. Thank you for doing that. Not really because you came up a little bit short and here's the list and you go, Thanks a lot. Okay, I'm excited about helping out again. See, isn't that amazing? How Jesus is all about the power of positive encouragement. Even when we're doing things wrong, he comes alongside and he helps us understand how to get out of that mess. That's what today's lesson is all about, is we are out of that mess and we are in Christ Jesus given everything we need for life and godliness, blessed with every, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places right now with an expectation of a Christmas like you've never, ever had before. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that Christmas, that Christ mass, that mass of humanity who has given themselves fully to serving the Lord Jesus Christ. So with that, let us grab our Bibles and turn to Psalm 62. Remember, we're working on hope this year, so every one of these is, every passage is going to be focused on the amazing hope that we have in Christ Jesus. So Psalm 62, somewhere in the middle of the Bible there, it's a big old fat book, you know, 150 chapters, it's got to be in there somewhere. So uh, Psalm 62, and uh, when I first read this, I went, oh, that's got to be our Old Testament anchor verse. For hope. Well, here we go. Psalms chapter 62, beginning in verse 5. My soul, wait in silence for God only. For my hope is from him. 
He only is my rock. He only is my salvation. He only is my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. On God, my salvation and my glory rest. The rock of my strength, the rock of my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O oh people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge, literally a strong fortress and an impenetrable fortress for us. You think the devil wants to wipe you out? Of course he wants to wipe you out. That death culture you're talking about, that dirty dog is the Lord of the Flies, which in the Bible is the devil. Okay? But we have a, a Christ, a king, who loves us. A Christ who king, who created us, unique and distinct, each one of us. Every single human being has been created beautiful, unique and distinct to serve him and to serve him with hope and to serve him with purpose and to serve him with meaning and to serve him with excitement knowing that he's going to reward us now and in the future for every good thing we do. Now maybe you've heard other preachers teach other things, but let's listen to the preacher here. So, so take a look. Here in uh, my first point, the foundation of our one hope. I'm not going to say what is the foundation for our one hope. I'm going to say who is the foundation for our one hope. Now, how many of you know there are many things you could put your hope in? Many. But there's only one. His name is Jesus. That is absolutely rock solid, sure, to continue to provide that life that abundant life that we talked about last week. So let's take a look. Psalm 62, verses 5 through 8, and I just want to take a look at that first verse. For my soul, wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from Him. How many have ever been agitated by worries and concerns? Anybody else besides me ever been agitated by worries and concerns? Of course, if you're not smiling, it's because you don't want to admit that you've been worried about all sorts of things. Well, that's kind of a human plight because there's a lot of stuff that we could really go, wah, about. And we're not just talking recently. We're talking all of our lives. How many of you have stayed up nights worried? Oh, no. You know, you've been that way? Sleepless nights? Worry? Here's the beauty of it. This is, this is the psalmist talking to himself. Take a chill pill, dude. God's got it under control. <laughs> Oops, I'm sorry. That wasn't quite how it is. But you know, that's exactly what he's saying. What does he say? My soul, comma, wait in silence for God only. In other words, where's your hope? Who's your knight in shining armor? What is your knight in shining armor? Anything other than Jesus will let you down, but Jesus will never let you down. And so my hope is from him. Now here's the next part that I love, and I don't know if you want to drop this down, but uh, that word hope means an absolute solid security. Absolute solid security. You know that word, that word hope means? And you can look in your notes. It's pronounced tikva. Tikva. That's a cool word. Some people said, did you name your dog hope? Tika? No. 
Tikva. Tikva. Okay? And you know what Tikva actually means? Literally, it means a cord or a rope. And I talked about this this morning during the uh, adult Bible class hour at the very beginning. You know what? The Bible teaches that really we are sealed in Christ and Christ is sealed in us. And you know that rope that binds us together with God in heaven? You know who that rope is? You know who that hope is? It's Jesus. How many of you have ever been mountain climbing before? How many of you have been cliff climbing before where you need to be technical and, and use ropes? Anybody near? How many of you have ever seen people climbing up sheer cliffs and they were, they were tethered to a rope? How many of you have ever seen that before? How many of you have ever seen people free climb? Those guys are crazy. I mean, I'm just saying, they're crazy. Okay? I need a rope. Okay? And the one time I went climbing, and it was a it was sheer straight up uh, shoot. Uh, my one of my best friends, Kevin Wright. Kevin Wright, if you're listening, it's all your fault. Okay, so Kevin Kevin Wright said, "Oh, it's no problem, Bill. It's only 50, 60 feet straight up." I was at Smith Rocks. How many have been to Smith Rocks? You see those guys climbing that with ropes? They're smart. The ones who aren't, they're not very smart. Okay, you get sixty feet up and you fall. What's going to happen? Well, yeah, there it is, death. How important is your rope? Your rope is essential. I, find, I found great joy when I was halfway up, and uh, I don't know if you can see this, but this literally happens to climbers who get scared. It's called sewing machine leg. You can't see it on here, but it's crazy, okay? It's, it's like, it's literally true. I thought, oh, that's not true. And I'm, get, I'm about 30 feet up. I'm halfway there. And Kevin's up above because he's got the rope. I don't know how you do it up there. It's not like he didn't tie it off to a rock because he, he was doing, I don't know what he was doing. But anyway, he's up there. He's done it before. I, I, I could climb up. No fear, right? No fear. I looked down. That was my mistake. I was looking down. I should have been looking up because that's where I was going. But I look down. Now, is there a spiritual application to that one, do you think? I mean, the reality is when you start looking around the world, you're looking at, oh, man, this thing is a mess. Oh, you're right. It is a mess. Okay? But when you're looking up, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, which produces hope, then you're good. And so I thought that was so cool. But more importantly, this is what the word hope means. And I don't know if you want to write this down, but it, it means this. It means that which we long for from the heart, just aching for that from the heart and knowing that soon it will come. Knowing soon, or in this case, he will come for us. Did you know the Bible is chock full of the hope for the Christian is that Jesus is coming back for us and he's going to take us home. No more sin, no more sorrow, no more getting smacked if you don't know how to cross your thumbs, like you even have to do that. Or, you know, should you memorize the Ten Commandments? Yes, you know what's better is to live them. How many would agree with that? It's better just to live them, right? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, my soul, and strength, and you know that. Don't you think so? Well, you should know them if you're going to live them. But the beauty of this is it's that great joy and excitement of what is to come. How many, have ever, how many have ever had somebody promise you something and they didn't follow through? Anybody ever had an experience like that? Well, come on, y'all have. 
I might have even promised it and been the one to lay it down. I apologize. But you know, Jesus will never let you down. If Jesus promised, he'll deliver. You know what he told me? From his word, of course. You know what he told me? He says, delight yourself in the Lord and I will give you the desires of your heart. God actually says that in the Bible. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I was a young man that was a total idiot. I would used and abused others and myself. And so I just stopped doing that and I said, Lord, what I need is a right relationship with you and a right relationship with a great wife. Right relationship with God first, of course. And uh, you know what? He opened that door for me. And I became a Christian at 24. And I was very, very lonely for four years. And then he brought a really sweet, amazing woman into my life who loved God more than anyone or anything, including me. And I have been blessed, blessed, blessed by Psalms 37.4. Memorize it and know it's true. God promises and he'll deliver. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. But you know, interestingly enough, the desires of my heart changed. I wanted to be a great businessman making a ton of money. But my heart changed. And I wanted to be a good family man serving my family and serving God. Aren't you glad I'm not a businessman? Because I can make sure I get my money out of you. That's terrible, but that's kind of what my mindset was. Now I want to be like Jesus and share, 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 and give, and encourage, and build and help others grow. Now, that's amazing, that hope. God is the one who provides us with that hope because it's based on his promises and he's going to follow through. Notice what it says there in the following verses. Verse 6, he only is my rock, immovable, unshakable. He is my salvation. I try to save myself and I make a mess every time. Salvation, he's my stronghold. He's my rope that will not break. You see how important that is? How are you going to trust in? What does it say? It says, trust in him at all times, O people. That passage in verse 8, trust and hope in God are two very important principles. God makes the promise, and our hope, our confidence, and our trust is in him, and he will deliver. You know, I just read a sad passage where a person, quote-unquote, was not given what they thought they should be given as a mega megachurch preacher. So he gave up being a megachurch preacher, and now he spews nasty, vile stuff about Christianity. Huh. I guess he has hope was somewhere other than Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ will never leave you or forsake you. Now, where's the foundation here? The foundation of our one hope. Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. And I'm not going to spend too much time here. We've heard this one before. But how powerful it is that we recognize our foundation of hope. Our foundation of meaning and purpose and joy in this life, can only be found in a right, good, faithful relationship with Jesus Christ. He is faithful, and we're faithful, then we have this great hope. Matthew chapter 16, he wants to know who people think that he is. He asks his disciples, who do people say that I am? They said all sorts of folks. And then he goes, I want to know what you think. Who am I? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, you know, on that bedrock truth that I am the Christ, the prophet, the priest, and the king that will cover all humanity if they'll come to me. That truth that I'm the Christ, the cornerstone, 
I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build my church. And you know what? Church is not a building. In that first religion I went to, the building was everything. The people were nothing. They were just cattle and sheep to be fleeced. The reality is, is you are the church. The word church is ecclesia. It means those called out of this crazy world by Jesus Christ into his marvelous life. That's what it actually says in 1 Peter in chapter 2. You are called out of darkness, called, ecclesia, called out of darkness into his marvelous life that you might proclaim his excellencies. If you've been a Christian and you're living faithfully, you will have joy and you'll have peace and you'll have contentment. If you're a Christian and you're not living according to God's word, your hope is in something else. And I'm not accusing anybody. I want you to examine yourself. Where's my hope? Who's most important? Is Jesus your all in all? I hope so. Is he your rock? I love that. He's my only rock. <laughs> That's good. And what does that mean? That Jesus is our only hope. If you live... If you have Jesus in your life, the Holy Spirit is in your body because you've been obedient to the gospel and you listen to his loving words, you'll have real meaning. I mean, you can put your life investments in anything and everything, but it will never produce that contentment, that peace, that joy, that excitement that a life in Christ can be. Now, have I ever lost my, lost my way in looking at all the craziness in the world right now? Well, Jeff revealed it. Yeah, I had a, had a talk, the world according to Jeff, and, you know, Bill was all freaked out, and uh, I... Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> I was just telling him that I was working on being not only spiritually prepared, and by the way, if I said a Bible, stuff, Bible study up with you, all that stuff of preparing from physical, I put that on hold for an hour and a half. And I'm not thinking about it. I'm thinking about you. Thinking about you. Right. But when I go home and I have time, I'm thinking about my family. Being able to physically provide for them. Because isn't that what we're supposed to do, gentlemen? Okay. Spiritually provide, physically provide? Yeah, absolutely. Can you do both? Sure. Now, I took the rebuke and I appreciated it. Get your head out of the news and into Christ Jesus. That's exactly what Jeff was saying. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Well, anyway, moving on. Called, look at point, point number two. Called in one hope of our calling. Look at Ephesians chapter four, verses one through six. <clears throat> and Jeff stole this from me this morning. He stole it. I knew he knew I was going to preach on this. So he stole it. But that's okay. I love you, Jeff. You, you know what? You're teaching the things I was hoping that you would teach. I knew you would. So Ephesians in chapter 1. I mean, if this doesn't get you fired up, nothing will. I love being in a great family, as Jeff was speaking this morning during Bible class. Notice what, what Paul says, Therefore, uh, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, there it is, with which you have been called, now notice how we're supposed to walk in this beautiful uh, calling with humility and gentleness, patience, uh, showing tolerance for one another, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. 
Now look at verse, look at verse uh, uh, four there. There is one body and one spirit, just as also you are called in one hope of your calling. You are called in one hope. There's only one church. It's not Pleasant Hill, necessarily. It's the people who have heard the gospel call and obeyed the gospel call to get out of this mess so they can get into Christ, into that great life that he's, he's planned for us, that abundant life that we're talking about. Okay. And so it's interesting. There's one body, one church, one spirit, the Holy Spirit. You know, there's one hope. There's one joy eternal. One purpose, one hope, eternal. And so it's rather interesting. You know what the word called means? Whenever you see the word called, the word called can actually be translated invited. Hey, I'm having a Super Bowl party to end all Super Bowl parties. This is the mother of all Super Bowl parties today at my house. And you're all invited. And you're going, well, I got better things to do. Well, me too. I really don't have a Super Bowl party. But... Wouldn't it be great if there's like an open invitation? Anyone who wants to come, you got, you know, eternal source of chips and dip, and that's not heaven. But could you imagine? Man, Bill makes the best buffalo wings on this side of eternity. Well, I don't, but I'm just saying that's oftentimes the promise of stuff in this world. The invitation is this. You're invited to heaven. You're invited to an amazing family that really do care about you. Who, when you have a need and you express it, there will be people who will come and help because they know there's a need. I know a lot of people go, no one ever came and helped me. No one ever knew. Well, if you tell us, we, we would come, right? Jeff has said he's got all this crazy gnarled trees up there that he needs help with, and uh, I'm going to be calling you and inviting you one of these days soon when there's less mud, a little bit firmer ground where the trees are. I mean, I'll go mess in the mud, but uh, but when it's firmer, I'm going to give you a call. Hey, guys, let's all get together. And who knows? I think Sharon said she would be willing to spring for food. I'm pretty sure Carrie makes a nice bread. I'll get out there, and I don't know about you, but men with chainsaws and splitters, and <laughs> it's great fellowship. <laughs> I know that was kind of weak. It was great, great fellowship, man. It's together. It's the beauty of unity. Now, brethren, the word invited means you're invited into a life of confidence, a life of, of, of assurance and excitement for what God has promised and already delivered and has promised and will deliver because he's delivered before. I gotta share with you, if you haven't really taken the time to meet this fine young man, Braden, down here. Um, you know, I'm getting old, you can tell. I mean, I'm serious, I'm so bald, I can't believe it. I used to be, do you remember when, when you and Carrie got married? Do you, do you see, have you remember seeing those pictures, man? I was skinny, and man, I had just, woo, hair, man, it was awesome. I was one good look. I was operative word. Was one good looking dish. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Did I have hair when you guys got married? I think I did. 
a lot of hair. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> well, it's better than nothing. Okay? I'm telling you what, it's, it's absolutely amazing, this young man. He comes and to a Monday or a Tuesday night study, and, and he is always listening. Now, not all college-age kids listen, but it's a Tuesday night study with Alvador. And he was focused, man. He kept asking questions. There were three people there that asked questions. Lexi was one of them. Stephen Parmenter was one of them. Braden Buttman was one of them. Okay? This young man was immersed in Christ a year ago. When we study, he wants to be a preacher. He's already preached at our, our uh, Sunday night assembly. Good man. He lives out here in Portland. And I'm thinking, hmm, when I get old, er, and unable to stand up here and preach and deliver, there's a young buck that's healthy and he's a homegrown boy and he loves the Lord. And he does a good job of preaching. When he preached on repentance, he found stuff I hadn't found yet. I'm serious. Remember that? He goes, can I use the scripture? And I go, I, what is that again? I looked it up and it's like, oh, Later on, I told him, I've never seen that one before. I'm sure I have, but I never equated it with repentance. So now I use it all the time. You see, there's, there's great hope that comes when someone steps into Christ out of the craziness of the world and can just share and build other people up. So no, in, no pressure, Braden, but I'm hoping. <laughs> well, anyway... When were we invited? Do you know when we were invited to this great, amazing life of hope? Turn with me to 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians and uh, uh, chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I've shared this before, so I'm not going to take a lot of time. But for those of you who might not have heard this, this is a powerful passage. Huge, powerful passage. 2 Thessalonians Chapter 2, verses 13 to 14. When were we called to this great life of hope, meaning, and purpose? Here we go. But you should, but we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning, before the foundation of the world, for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. It was for this, literally this salvation, that God called you God invited you through our gospel. Why? So that you may gain the glory of the Lord Jesus. You know that word called means invited. You're invited to heaven. You're invited to a life filled with great joy and purpose and meaning. You're invited to a life no longer filled with fear. Unless, of course, you turn on the television set or your you know, little, whatever those things are called, cell phones. You are called to a life abundant. You say, well, I don't know if I'm feeling that way. Sometimes I feel that way too, but remember, it's when I focus in the, on the world and not on what I have in Christ Jesus. You see the importance of fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith? And from faith comes hope, and from hope comes joy and love inexpressible. So the gospel is where salvation begins. It's the power of God for salvation. Now, 
we can talk more about that later, but, but we enter into this relationship by dying with Jesus and being buried with Christ so he can powerfully raise us up to walk in the newness of life. A life no longer burdened by the craziness of the world, but a life now that you can see everything the way God created it to be so that you can embrace that and live that life. You know, a lot of people think Christianity is crazy. I think Christianity is crazy good. It's like amazingly awesome. And I'm not saying that because you're paying me to say that. Many of you know me way before. When I just started out here. Remember Cynthia a long time ago? Chris was here and, and uh, Linda. And, you know, we were all just kind of, what do we do? That was one of me too. But we were all excited about it. This is awesome. All excited. The excitement continues. The adventure continues. But I want to close with this one thought. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18. Paul is praying that they might know something. Praying that those Christians might know something. That would be my prayer as well. That we fully understand hope. I'm praying that we would understand hope. I'm praying that. That's what was my prayer. Do you remember? In, in the, my list. By the way, that prayer request is going to continue. I do pray that we all understand the hope that we have in Christ. Here it is. In closing, verse 18, Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart, your spiritual eyes, being enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the excitement? What is the contentment? What is the peace? What is the purpose? What is the meaning in this life? And then he goes on and says, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He wants you to know the beautiful riches of hope. The beautiful riches of being in Christ. You know, if you're bound up by the world and by the, the worries of the world, maybe the garbage that dogs you from your past, and I know that. My past, thankfully, is gone. I don't look back. Rarely do I look back. But I'll tell you what, the life now, the purpose now, the meaning I, I have now in spending time with you and with those not yet Christian, wow, it's awesome. That's the life that God wants for each of us. So, in closing, as you were sharing, Eric, this morning, I appreciate your Lord's Supper meditations as you were sharing this morning, Jeff, the culture that we live in in this world is, is a death culture. And man, I don't know about you, but that's a bummer and downer place to be focused, right? But man, the family of God and the life we have in Christ is like absolutely awesome. And it's really what God has called us to as family. Not as a church building and a bunch of programs, but family, encouraging one another and spurring one another on towards love and good deeds, and all the more as we see the day of our Lord coming back where the true Christmas is going to take place. And man, the gifts we're going to get are eternal. Brethren, let's get excited about what we have now and what we will receive in the future. Amen? Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we're so thankful, so thankful for the amazing gifts that you've given to us in this life. Everything that we need for life and godliness has already been provided for us through the true knowledge of your son, Jesus Christ. 
every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places have been granted to us when we became Christians and we entered into Christ and Christ entered into us through the gospel. Help us to remember and understand and apply these things in our life. We ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Let's all stand and get excited. What did Jesus say to do? Go! Go! Okay, let me try that one. Just be snappier. What did Jesus say to do? Go! <laughs> Good. Get on excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, bye. <laughs> I thought she was coming up to help me. All right. Well, there you go. All right. Have a great day and week. We'll see you next week.